This is the Ultra Running History Podcast. I'm your host, Davey Crockett. Thanks. Thanks for coming. This is episode 96. In this episode, I will tell the story how the famous fixed time race across the years got started in Arizona back in 1983 and give a tribute to its founder, Harold Siegloff, and many of the pioneer ultra runners who ran that year. Wow! And now a word from our sponsors. In this month's Ultra Running Magazine, Harvey Lewis is interviewed about his incredible win with 354 miles at Big Dog's Backyard Ultra in Tennessee. Get a 25% discount on your subscription or renewal to Ultra Running Magazine and help out this podcast by going to ultrarunninghistory.com slash mag. That's ultrarunninghistory.com slash mag. What a bargain! We now return to your regular programming. Across the Years, established in 1983, is being held this week in Arizona for the 37th time. It is one of the oldest fixed-time races in the world that is still held annually. The race is always held at the end of the year, crossing over to the new year with a grand celebration. Through the years, it has attracted many of the greatest fixed-time runners in the world, and still today is the premier and largest fixed-time race in America. Over its impressive history, more than 2,300 runners have logged miles at Across the Years. It all started in 1983, the brainchild of Harold Siegloff of Phoenix, Arizona. For fixed time ultramarathons, instead of competing at a fixed distance like 50 miles or 100 miles, the competition involves running the furthest you can in a fixed time. Fixed time races have existed for centuries, with the first known 24-hour race in 1806 held in England. The year 1983 was called a revolutionary year because fixed-time ultras that ran in circles started to pop up all over the world. More than 50 fixed-time events were held that year, 31 in America, compared to just 18 100-mile races held worldwide. Of the fixed-time races held in America during 1983, across the years is one of only three that still exist. Many 1980s ultra runners felt that this race format was loopy. One runner wrote, These events are reserved for masochists. They degenerate into a scene with the majority of the competitors parading ghost-like and crippled around the track for what probably seems to be an eternity. Maybe that's where St. Peter sends bad ultra runners. But most of those who have participated in these races, especially at Across the Years, know the truth that it can be an amazing experience, especially because you are always in contact with the other runners who you can get to know well. It is heaven. Harold Paul Siegloff was the founder of Across the Years. He was born in 1934 in South Dakota and experienced a very unusual upbringing because his parents were away for much of his childhood in Africa. He was the son of Harold and Thelma Siegloff. 
When World War II broke out, Harold Sr. had to register for the draft, but instead of going to war, the Siegloffs sought to become missionaries and serve the country that way. When young Harold was nine years old in 1843, his parents left to serve as Christian educational missionaries to Africa. The Siegloffs could not take their two children, Harold and Pauline, with them and left them in the care of others. They worked as Christian missionaries and as teachers in government schools. Thelma, a nurse, also helped in a medical clinic. Young Harold didn't see his parents again for about three years. After two and a half years, the Siegloffs were transferred to Ethiopia, where they taught in secondary schools. While in Ethiopia, Thelma gave birth to a daughter, Jeannie. In 1946, young Harold, aged 12, was able to visit his parents in Ethiopia and met his sister for the first time. His travels took him to Naples, Alexandria, and Cairo. He later returned to Iowa for the school year. The Siegloffs worked two more years in Ethiopia and returned home in 1948 for a year, and Harold Sr. became a pastor of a community Baptist church in Connersville, Indiana. But by 1949, instead of raising their children, they yearned to return to Africa and accepted a call to become educational missionaries to Ethiopia. They took three-year-old Jeannie with them, but left the other children in Iowa to attend school. In 1950, young Harold went to West High School in Waterloo, Iowa. He was a member of the Bible Club, Physics Club, and was an impressive athlete on the football team. Finally, in 1952, his parents returned to America for good. Siegloff graduated from high school in 1954. He then attended college at the University of South Dakota. He was a member of the Philosophy Club and Mathematics Club and graduated in 1957 with a bachelor's degree. By 1959, he was working as a computing analyst at White Sands Proving Grounds in New Mexico, living in El Paso, Texas. Here was established White Sands Proving Ground, later renamed White Sands Missile Range. Under operational control of the United States Army, White Sands was to be used by all three services in perfecting their respective missiles. Siegloff was a man of deep religious faith and active in Unitarian Fellowship. In 1970, at the age of 36, he moved to Phoenix, Arizona, and was employed by General Electric. The next year, Siegloff took up serious competitive long-distance running, placing well in races from 10 miles to marathons. He ran his first ultra at the age of 47 in 1981, a 50-miler, and finished in 8 hours 38 minutes. In 1983, Siegloff wanted to put on a 24-hour track race. He organized the Easter Sunrise 24-hour track race held in April on the Washington High School track in Phoenix. This race was highly significant historically because it turned out to be the forerunner for Across the Years. Siegloff always recognized it as the inaugural edition of Across the Years. With this test race that included four runners, including himself, he would receive good experience as a race director. Here are profiles of the other three pioneer runners who competed. Fred Nagelschmidt, age 59, was a veteran track ultra runner from Ventura, California. 
He was on vacation traveling to Missouri and somehow heard about the race. He stopped in Phoenix to run. Nagelschmidt enlisted in the Navy shortly after graduating from high school. He then went off to serve his country during World War II, graduated from Fleet Torpedo School in 1942, and then volunteered for torpedo duty. It was very hazardous duty. In 1943, he was severely wounded in France, the third time he had been wounded. He recovered, was promoted, remained in the war, and served on the USS Meredith in the South Pacific. After serving for four and a half years, he returned home to Massachusetts and went to work for General Electric. In the 1960s, Nagelschmidt moved to Ventura, California. At the age of 50, he took up long-distance running. His sons ran for Ventura College, and a teammate dared him to run with them. He loved the experience and joined the Sunday Bunch, a group of about 20 runners who met each Sunday to run up into the hills. Soon he was clocking sub-three-hour marathons, winning his age group. He ran his first ultra in 1978, a 30-miler at Santa Barbara, California. Nagelschmidt set a number of age group records at various ultra distances. In 1980, he was one of four runners who ran in the historic first modern-day six-day race, Spirit 80, put on by Don Choi at Woodside, California. In that race, he reached 325 miles. Going into this 24-hour race at age 59, he still had marathon speed close to three hours. Craig Davidson, age 39, of Fergus Falls, Minnesota, was also in the inaugural field. Well, when I graduated from college at uh, Oregon College of Education in 76, I played tennis for, four, for two years there and weighed about 145 pounds. I worked at the cannery at Del Monte that summer and got out of the routine of playing tennis every day. And next thing you knew, I was up to 180 pounds. And I told my wife, I said, I'm going to start running. And she said, well, don't buy anything expensive because you're, you're going to quit after two weeks. I started running. The first day, I ran four house lengths. So I didn't even make it into my block before I started walking. He started running in 1977 and quickly became an elite marathoner with sub-230 speed. After running 14 marathons with some wins, he ran and won his first ultra in 1982, a 50-miler with a time of 5 hours 59 minutes. In 1983, he moved to Phoenix, Arizona, working for the Runner's Den store. He thought he would give Siegloff's unique track race a try. Donald Gilbreth, age 19, of Arizona, was the youngest of the four pioneer runners. This would be his first ultra. The Washington High School officials were very supportive of the 24-hour race and granted full use of the facilities to the runners and race staff. The Easter Sunrise 24-hour race started at 8 a.m. on April 2, 1983. The runners were greeted with music from a symphony orchestra and a vocalist that included, Oh, what a beautiful morning. Davidson, the speedster of the bunch, took the early lead, reaching 50 miles first in 7 hours 32 minutes, but slowed shortly after that because of cramping. At 500k, Nagelschmidt, who used a run-walk strategy of frequently walking the turns, had about a 2-mile lead over Davidson. He was also about 14 miles ahead of Seedloff. Nagelschmidt won the race, reaching 100 miles in 22 hours, 47 minutes, and finishing with 105 miles. 
Davidson also reached 100 miles, but vowed never to run such a thing again. While his competitors doubted him, he kept his vow. Young Gilbreth reached 50 miles in 22 hours, 56 minutes, and finished with 53 miles. At the finish, the musicians played Don't Get Around Much Anymore and See the Conquering Hero Comes. Siegloff failed to reach 100 miles in the allotted 24 hours. He wrote, Bitterly disappointed, the race director took a bath and a rest, hugged his wife and ate her quiche, and then returned to the track for an additional 17 miles. His total 100-mile time was 36 hours, 21 minutes. This event was successful and gave him the experience to put on and publicize a more formal event spanning the coming new year. The miles accumulated for the 1983 Easter Sunrise 24-hour track race are included in the Across the Years Lifetime Miles list. Nagelschmidt was given the permanent Across the Years bib number one. Siegloff next organized the first Across the Years race to be held on December 31, 1983 to bring in the new year. The venue for the race that year and for the next nine years was also the 400-meter cinder track at Washington High School in Phoenix. Seventeen runners participated. Three elite runners were in the field that first year. Lion Caldwell, age 32 of Texas, Steve Warshower, age 26 of New Mexico, and Sabin Snow, age 41 of New Jersey. Lion Caldwell was a doctor from Texas. He acquired the nickname Lion as a student at Kansas State University when he was playing with some young children and began roaring to entertain them. While going to medical school in Texas in 1978, he ran his first ultra, the Houston 50-miler, which he won in a lifetime best time of 5 hours 36 minutes. Caldwell ran his first 100-miler the next year at Flushing Meadows in Queens, New York. He came in second with 13 hours 33 minutes. He also came in second in 1982, running 100 miles at Shea Stadium in 13 hours 19 minutes for a lifetime best 100-mile time. 1983 had been a rough year for Caldwell. He said, January began with two broken ribs, compliments of playing basketball. Then in February, I turned a lovely shade of yellow, the gracious gift of hepatitis from a patient. It wasn't until August that I began to feel semi-human again. In my first try at running after hepatitis, I did a blazing one-mile run in eight minutes and was exhausted. Across the years would be his only ultra for 1983. Steve Warshower was from Santa Fe, New Mexico. As a kid in school, he said he was, quote, the runt of the class, the one who was picked on all the time for being too little to pick a fight. He struggled since the age of 13 until his early 20s with drug and alcohol abuse. He started to run in college and would run into the mountains above Santa Fe. As Warshower continued to struggle with his addictions, he knew he needed to change his life. I disappeared into the mountains in southern New Mexico and hid out for a couple weeks without any drugs, sat in the hot springs, and ran. In 1982, he ran the Boston Marathon and finished in 2 hours 43 minutes. The next year, Warshower burst into the ultra scene and immediately made an impact, finishing a 50-miler in 5 hours 33 minutes. 
Across the years would be Warshower's first attempt to reach 100 miles and beyond. Sabin Snow of Stockton, New Jersey, was a psychologist. In high school, he was on the lacrosse team and had interests in antique guns, ammunition, and explosives. He went to Rutgers University, where he received a master's degree in Spanish and a Ph.D. in clinical psychology. By 1975, Snow was running marathons regularly with sub-three-hour speed. He ran his first ultra at the age of 36 in 1978 at Lake Waramog 50 in Connecticut. In 1980, he finished second with 345 miles at the historic Edward Payson Weston six-day race held in New Jersey. Among the starters at Across the Years, he was the most experienced running mega miles with five 100-mile finishes. The weather for the 1983 Across the Years race was perfect with temperatures between 70 and 47 degrees. Seagloss volunteers included Sri Chinmoy disciples who provided the aid station duties for the entire 24 hours. Many timers provided selfless service, recording lap times manually, quote, as the walkers shuffled around the track aimlessly. A nice touch that Seagloff added to the race were root flags. He and his wife displayed state flags around the track representing the runner's life roots. The race started at 7 a.m. Caldwell and Warshower set a blazing fast pace with Caldwell reaching 50 miles in 6 hours 39 minutes. Warshower was less than a lap behind. Snow and others were at least 10 miles behind and had been lapped dozens of times by the two speedsters. At dusk around the 100k mark, Warshower was in the lead, reaching that point in an impressive 8 hours 19 minutes. Caldwell was about a mile behind, and Snow was in fourth, still about 10 miles behind. Warshower continued at a torrid pace and reached 100 miles in 13 hours, 54 minutes. It was the first time he had ever run that far, and it was the third fastest 100-mile time in the U.S. on a track at that time. At that point, he took long breaks. Caldwell reached 100 miles in 15 hours, 45 minutes, but needed a long stop to fight off the chills. The new year arrived, and Siegloff wrote, Fireworks and cries of Happy New Year greeted tire movers 17 hours from the start, while an alto recorder sounded Alt Lang Syne. Snow reached 100 miles in 19 hours, 38 minutes, a pace consistent with his past five 100-mile finishes. He refused to be told when he went past 100 miles because he said that too many people let down after that point. Continuing on, Caldwell passed suffering Warshower at the 21-hour mark. Snow also eventually passed him. Caldwell walked the remaining three hours, winning the race with 125 miles. Snow finished in second with 118, and Warshower in third with 116. Siegloff reached mile 97. Six of the 17 reached 100 miles during the first historic Across the Years event. The first Across the Years was in the books, and Siegloff hoped that it would become an annual tradition for many years to come. 
It did last and grew far beyond Siegloff's imagination. After participating in these historic first 1983 races, what happened to some of these pioneer runners? Fred Nagelschmidt of Ventura, California, with a lifetime bib of number one, the winner of the first edition of the race, the 1983 Easter Sunrise 24 Hours, never came back to run across the years again. But he continued to win his age groups in marathons. In 1984, in his 60s, he began competing on trails and finished Western States three times. At the age of 63, he ran three hours, 11 minutes at the Santa Monica Marathon. In May 1990, at the age of 65, he set a world 50-mile age group record with a time of 7 hours, 27 minutes. And in his 70s, he was called the Patriarch of Ventura County's Ultra Running Clan. Nagelschmidt's last ultra was at the 1994 Vermont 100, where he finished in 20 hours, 29 minutes. He continued to win his age group on roads well into his 70s. In 2004, at the age of 80, he finished the St. George Marathon in Utah in 5 hours, 23 minutes. Fred Nagelschmidt passed away in 2019 at the age of 95. Comments on his obituary included, Fred was the man when it came to ultra running. He could tell you every trick in the book. He was one of the nicest guys anyone could meet. He always had a big smile and a kind word. Craig Davidson of Phoenix, Arizona, with lifetime bib number two, came in second place with 100 miles during the Easter sunrise 24 hours, but he also never came back to across the years and never competed 100 miles again. He went on to mostly run the shorter distance road races, placing high, and ran about one ultra per year. He won the Palm Springs 50 in 1985 in 5 hours 37 minutes. Davidson became a local running legend, managing Runner's Den in Phoenix for many years. During his training runs over the years, he had picked up $5,170 of loose change. When I was living in Minnesota, I used to find a penny or nickel on the ground. So I started picking up spare change on the ground and then uh, moved out here and then started picking up more spare change because in, in Minnesota it's hard picking up money when he's underneath all the snow. And so I did that for a while and then uh, I ran a 24-hour run at Washington High School, April 2nd, April 3rd of 83. Didn't find any money those two days on the track. April the 4th of 83, I started finding money again. And I found money running every day now for 35 years this past week. Today I found four pennies when I was out running my 10-mile run. In 2018, he was inducted into the Arizona Runners Hall of Fame. Impressively, in 2020, he reached 200,000 lifetime running miles with a daily running streak since 1979. Sadly, his running streak came to an end that year after 15,130 straight days when he was hospitalized due to low kidney function caused by an infection. The medical personnel wouldn't let him go out to run hooked up to IVs. He said, the first couple of days in the hospital, I was just an emotional wreck every time I would think about running for 41 years every day, and then all of a sudden I couldn't. It was tough to deal with. In 2021, Davidson was 67 and still running. 
Lyne Caldwell, with lifetime bib number six, went on in 1984 to win the 100-mile national championship in 13 hours, 56 minutes. He repeated as champion in 1986 with a 100-mile time of 13 hours, 53 minutes. That was his fifth career 100-miler in under 14 hours. In 1991, he was featured in Ultra Running Magazine as the Ultra Running MD. From 1995 to 2016, Caldwell served as the team doctor for the USA 100K team that competed all over the world. In 2021, at the age of 70, he ran 100 miles at three days at the fair to extend his 100-mile finish longevity career to nearly 43 years, fourth longest in the world. He still was a family practice doctor living in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Steve Warshower, with lifetime bib number eight, moved to Marietta, Georgia in 1984 and made a huge impact on Southern Ultras. He won the 1985 Old Dominion 100 in 17 hours, 11 minutes. A month later, he made his debut at Western States 100, finishing third in 16 hours, 51 minutes, 48 minutes behind the winner, Jim King. Steve's greatest 100-mile accomplishment came in 1989 at Leadville 100. He won the mountainous race tied with Rick Spady of Montana and set a course record of 18 hours and 4 minutes. After 1991, at the age of 33, Warshower disappeared from ultra running, seemingly at his peak. He soon moved back to New Mexico to start farming land that he had purchased many years earlier. Well, Steve, in terms of global gaps and food safety, what's really important to you? What's important to me that I'd like to share with your audience and with people who might see this, um, see this interview and hear this information is a little bit of a perspective on the farmer's point of view on what's happening with food safety. Warshower still ran marathons, winning several. In 2021, Steve Warshower, age 64, still lived in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Sabin Snow, with lifetime bib number seven, moved to Scottsdale, Arizona in the mid-1980s, where he set up a private psychology practice. He came back three times to run across the years, including his last year in 1999. He accumulated 446 career miles there, including a 24-hour win in 1992 at the age of 50 with 112 miles. Snow retired from ultra-running in 2001 with about 50 ultra-finishes and 15 career 100-mile finishes. Sabin Snow passed away on June 9, 2013, at the age of 71 due to heart complications. During his life, he ran 87,000 miles and at the time of his death had 11 grandchildren. Harold Siegloff, with lifetime bib number three, who started it all, was the race director of Across the Years until 1997 when he passed it on to Paul Bonet. Siegloff was still a fixture at the race, running it for 24 years, piling up lifetime across the years miles of 2,555 miles. He had the most career miles for many years, leading by nearly 1,000 miles and participated in almost every race until 2006. For the last few years, he walked it wearing street clothes. 
Because of his knee problems, he did not return to the race after 2006 and passed away on April 23, 2015 at the age of 80. His wife Diane wrote to the race, I know how much Harold loved the Across the Years race, and it was such a part of his life for so many years. He felt honored that it has continued, and I know he would want everyone that is still part of it to remember him. At the 2015 Across the Years, runners ran laps in his honor and accumulated over 100 miles in his memory. A 100-mile belt buckle was presented to Harold's wife. In 2021, he was still sixth on the all-time Across the Years career miles list. Today, Across the Years runs at the beautiful Camelback Ranch in Glendale, Arizona, the spring training facility for the Los Angeles Dodgers and the Chicago White Sox, and is put on by Aravipa Running, who still honors Harold Siegloff's memory and vision for the race. With that, this is Davy Crockett, and this is the Ultra Running History Podcast. I hope you run fast and far, enjoy life, get outdoors, and most of all, stay safe and don't take unnecessary chances. <laughs>